Good morning. It is Wednesday, May, oh goodness, what is it, May 6th today. I am Lincoln Shrike, joined by Gordon Mack. It's a FlowTrack podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. We will, if it's a decent one, read your email on air at some point today, tomorrow, three weeks from now. Talk about it, discuss it. So do email the show. Uh, let us know what you think of our respective backgrounds, our morning hair, uh, really just anything. What uh, what products we need to be plugging? I mean, I'm willing to sell some some any energy ooh in a, energy drinks. There we go, energy drinks. If people have those, I know that's a popular thing to do online. So send those my way. I'll review them. Uh, Gordon, how are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. Uh... What was, did you do any uh, margarita drinking or would you celebrate no. Mexicans not 4th of July version, even though we all think it's the same thing as the 4th of July, but for Mexico? Yeah, we all, we all do that. Um, yeah, I did not. Uh, maybe I would have intended to do so. Uh, I mean, I ate a salad with some avocado in it. So that's like almost <laughs> chips and guac. Um, there you go. But no I margaritas. Had tacos for lunch. Oh, there I had you tacos go. for lunch and dinner. From where? So I had, just just homemade. Why well, I, I made I made tacos for oh, wow. lunch, and then for dinner I we went to a we used to like ordered takeout at this like local taco restaurant nearby. Okay, well, so. no Taco Bell. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, but I just felt like yeah. it would be, might be disrespectful to the to our friends down south. So I did not eat Taco Bell. Although I do like me some Taco Bell. I'm I do. Not, I'm not actually hating against Taco Bell. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I did that. So, uh, that's good. We also, in another uh, update on the track events that are going on in my personal life that have nothing to do with, you know, when when there's no track, right, We and there's no running, like no meets, no nothing, you got to find these little things where it's running related, but just to, to keep that uh, itch going, right? So... On Saturday, I talked about how there we did a beer mile in the in the alleyway, yeah. just to keep get going. Today, uh, JoJo did a really fun May uh, Cinco de Mayo themed workout, and by that I mean it was May fifth, so five five. So we did a five by five hundred workout with Oof. yeah five by five hundred at sub five minute pace for Jojo, which is fast. Cause you know, sub five for a girl is good. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a wild workout. I didn't that do sounds, it. I just timed it, but it was, was a good say, workout. That sounds awful. That sounds just terrible. I could not keep up with that <laughs> in remotely right now. It's, it's interesting when he, cause when we, obviously when we were running collegiately and in high school, like the typical workout is like repeat four hundreds, right? But doing repeat five hundreds is the most like, sneakily hardest thing ever because that extra Sneakily. 100 meters changes it so much i always really because like. i don't think i've ever done like 500 500 500 meter repeats i don't think i've ever done yeah that in my it, life. it's 600 and 400s but not 500 yeah i mean i've done i've done 500 where basically you're running a, it's basically a 400 meter repeat but you're asked to then accelerate for another extra 100 meters at the end of your rep basically is what it is mm -hmm. But you don't realize that that extra 100 meters kind of takes a lot out of you in a, in a word. It's true. like mentally weird to do an extra 100 meters for some weird reason. I don't know. And, but it was and what was the was rest? Fun. What was the rest between uh, 300 meter jog. Oof. So just keep going. Yeah. Dang. 
That is rough. So, but you were, you were tasked with timing. I mean, were you tired afterwards? That, that seems pretty yeah. exhausting. Yeah. I was running back and forth, giving splits. And then there's like, you know, some, uh, like just regular people on the look. It's a local track. It's like open to the public, just like walking around, just like doing their daily walk. And like, we're actually like doing a workout. So there was a former Texas Longhorn on there doing a workout. He did 16 by 400. So that was a lot. He's a marathoner. Mark Pinellas. Remember Mark Pinellas? Okay. Texas. So he was yeah. there doing a workout. Anyway. What track were you that at? That was the, uh, the... Is it Austin High? The Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket track. Yellow Jacket. Which I need to take photos of and send to the people who are listening on this podcast and to the world. Because this track has the funniest signs I've ever seen in my life. This is a this is a track, right? It's it's laned. It has it's it's not a dirt trail. It's a laned track, right? Mm -hmm. There's a sign that says no spikes. You can't have spikes. There's a sign that says no starting blocks. There's a sign that says no sprinting. You're not allowed to sprint on this track. Right. There's a sign that says call the cops if you see a track team practicing here. Dang, those are I okay. So obviously I'm familiar with most of these because I've been to this. I have not seen that ladder sign. Call the cops yeah. if you see a track yeah, there's team. A, yeah, there's that's gotta be a new one. A track if you see a track team, report to either call this number or report to authorities. There Which must is, have been like some debacle that happened. Like some old person must have got mowed over by like a sprinter and this just uh, during track practice, like high school track practice. Because those that is just absurd. And they're and like big is, yellow, like neon yeah. type signs. They're very like eyesores on the track. And it's just and so weird for a track to say no sprinting, no track teams, no spikes. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why do you have a track then? I don't know. Yeah, it's and like, it's a crappy track, which is like when you have a crappy track that no one's taking care of the surface, that is runner's code for you can do whatever you want on this track running related like workouts at any time of the day anybody doing this thing like no sprinting like if you're trying to design a track for walkers like get a reality check walkers can walk anywhere okay like you can't do a track workout anywhere sure you can run anywhere but it's not really safe to do like a fast workout on the roads like that is just the stupidest thing i've ever heard no track practice what are we trying to do here what are you trying to stop Call the cops. Yeah, it's Hello, Austin police. I'm sure you're not busy with anything else. We currently, and I know you're not going to believe this, so please send the SWAT team. Uh, <laughs> we have track practice going on. Wait a second. Wait for it. At the track. All right. Send, <laughs> send the militia. Thanks. Bye. It's like, what is that? Like, that is the most ultimate old person, like, BS I've ever heard of. This is so stupid. And it's so weird because, like, why do we have like and it's laned and like it's measured like there's like numbers for each lane there's like a hundred meter start line right so people aren't allowed to sprint with the, like why do why are they late why doesn't it just one giant like black circle right just like but, right you know just no, like they shouldn't a, have laned it if they don't want people to actually try to run on it yeah right it's so weird i don't know i always yeah. laugh whenever i see it whenever like you're running fast on it be like oh slow down i want to do a video where i go there with like a camera and a mic and i just like interview people about like yeah. i tell people i like pretend to be like a like uh the authority and i like blow a whistle whenever i see someone jogging too fast like hey guys yeah. you're going too fast they're sprinting so 
Yeah. Anyway, if you guys are in Austin, check it out. Yellow Jacket Stadium, the the one track in the entire world where running fast is banned and organized <laughs> running is banned. <laughs> it's just like so you can get arrested for running at a track. Apparently, I don't know. I mean. I assume if you get to call the police and they've set the rules, I just don't know what jurisdiction the owner, I don't know who owns this track. I don't know if it's the city. I don't know. Cause it's not attached to a high school. So it's different in that regard. Um, Cause there's no high school that I know of around there. It's very strange. I got to go over there and check it out now. Cause I have not yeah. seen the, the addition of the call the police. If you see a track team, that's a new one. So basically Jojo's a, you know, on is a, is a, a felon right she uh she was sprinting mm -hmm. and she was conducting a practice so breaking two laws in one in one half hour session that's a incredible that's a incredible yeah, so. incredible uh just no just complete disregard for the law okay <laughs> so we, we do have a topic today other than uh being grumpy against track rules uh we're doing peyton jordan week on the site one of the best track meets every year in the United States specifically. But I wanted to take that topic a step further and think about what is the greatest one day, so single day track meet on US soil in history. Now, we're used to the big track meets in the world over the over the generations being elsewhere. You know, they have them in Europe and Asia, the 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 world championships, the Olympics, what have you. Um, but we do have some meets to choose from. Of course, the pre-classic every year, well, except for this year, is is either at Hayward Field or like like it was last year at Stanford. And we also have NCAA championships. And of course, the 1996 Olympics were in Atlanta. So there's going to be plenty to choose from. But the rules, again, this is not what's the greatest meet of all time in the United States. It's the greatest one-day track and field event. So it could be, it had to be one specific day from NCAAs, one specific day from the 96 Olympics. And obviously it will be, will be a little bit easier with the pre-classic because most of the meet is contested on one singular day. But I want to come to a definitive answer here. What's the greatest single day of track and field on U.S. soil in history? Yeah, and you did a good job of kind of putting together some nominees for, uh, in the running for that best day ever on your soil yes. for track. Um, it's really hard also to kind of like figure this out, right? Because a lot of times it's hard to kind of put your brain in the moment of what it was like during that year or that era, right? Because a lot of times you might want to look, all right, let's see what has the most records, but then those yeah. records can get broken. And so even though it could have like four records that you didn't know are still, would, there were records at the time because they got broken like five years later. So right, our list might not be the best list. There might be a meet out there that we <laughs> forgot about. Uh, and if there is, email flowtrackpodcast at gmail and call us out and tell us how dumb we are for not thinking of this other day in track history that was yeah. great. Speaking of track and, history, though, before we, before we get into this, do you know what today is? The anniversary of? May, May 6th? Uh, no, I don't. Roger Bannister. Oh, it's Roger. That's right. Roger Bannister Day. I should have remembered. 359. I forget the exact dec decimal. Um, but yeah, the, the first ever sub four. Congratulations. And uh, I was thinking about Roger. doing a, a sub four themed uh, pod, but 
Uh, you, you, you jumped. You got I'm me. I'm sorry. On this, uh... I trumped you. I, I, it maybe if I would have remembered, we would have done that. And, um, but you know, I'm kind of the theme boss here. Kevin and I run the <laughs> show when it comes to theme. So we're, we're doing this today. Maybe we can do that tomorrow. I know it'll be yeah, slightly we'll... off topic, but anyway, art, a specific track meet, a single day, kind of riff about it. And then ultimately, by the end, we're going to come to a conclusion on the greatest one day track meet of all time. Not going in any sequential order. Uh, we'll just start with the one I have on the top here, the 2015 Prefontaine Classic. And I have several marks here that really highlighted the things. If we go back to 2015, remember Justin Gatlin was on fire. That was controversial, of course. Gatlin has the pre record 1968, 200 meters. He ran that in 2015. We also have Mutaz Esha Barshim jumping 241. Renault Lavillani in the news recently, 605. Jinzebe Dababa, 1419 in the 5000. And Koneva, a 1504 triple jump. Now, spoiler alert, I know this isn't going to be the day that we specifically pick there's just other meets that are going to trump this but does this does this pre-classic stand out to you and if so why yeah i mean i was i mean 2015 was a year for justin gatlin as, as controversial controversial as he is uh that was a year when he was running on fire and i feel like this yeah. performance was kind of like the 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 one performance that I felt was like whoa he might be scaring Bolt you know come yeah. August obviously Bolt had other ideas when it came to that but um he I mean he won that race he ran 1968 it was Wind Legal's 0.9 wind second place was 20.04 <laughs> so he yeah. he won by over 0.3 of a second which is just an incredible um and right. yeah so that was the one performance that stood out to most of me at this meet. Um, and then just even looking beyond that, like you said, there's, there was multiple world leads. I think I calculated, I think there's 22 world leads at the time. Wait, maybe, maybe, maybe a little less, maybe about 20. I'm doing a search, but yeah. it was a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's obviously good, great performances. I was just looking at the the record books, like how many Prefontaine records were set on that day. And that was the list that I just mentioned. You know, if we go back to 2015 with Gatlin, he ends up later that summer running 1957 at USA's. I mean, the guy was just simply on fire compared to Bolt. Bolt didn't come back that season until I believe the London Diamond League, like he had been hurt and he was really, really rusty. And it was all the debate, I think we've mentioned in previous podcasts, like is Gatlin, the so-called evil villain of track and field, going to take the crown from Bolt, the shining star of track and field. And this pre-performance, not only is it memorable, but it, it, it really set the stage for that summer, for the drama between Bolt and, and Gatlin. And if, like I said, a month later, Gatlin comes in and runs 1957, and he starts to get that air of invincibility, even against Usain Bolt, where it's like, this is maybe going to happen in the 100 and the 200. Of course, it doesn't. He chokes in the 100 later that summer in Beijing. And then the 200 was basically no contest. Bolt, Bolt just wiped the floor with him by running 1955 to Gatlin's 1974, which was a pretty underrated, like, Bolt performance there running 1955 in 2015. Like, that is that was super legit. 
we go to some other performances from there, why this one stands out. That 241 from Barshim, I mean, Barshim from 2014 to 2015 was just an absolute monster. Uh, I, I think the, the Barshim year that stands out the most is 2014 with him, when him and Bondarenko were going back and forth. But he he was just dominant and, and a force in 2015. You also have to remember that Debaba race, that 1419, that's the 10th fastest 5,000 of all time. And that was run during the day at the pre-classic. So we kind of think of distance night and they run it when cooler temperatures, like the weather was okay, but it was not ideal. It was a little warm. And for Debaba to go in and run the, the 1419 that she did, that's like, that's incredibly impressive to me. Um, she has only run faster than that on, let's see, one occasion, which she did later that summer in Paris. But running that fast, I believe, is the fastest ever on U.S. soil. I'll have to double check that. Yes. So that that fourteen nineteen that Debaba ran in 2015, which, of course, the year she went, she goes on and sets the 1500 world record. And then she wins 1500 gold in Beijing. So she also runs that 5,000 fastest ever on U.S. soil. That's a that's a pretty darn stinking impressive year. And then you also have LaVillainy jumping 605. So the stakes aren't going to be as high as, of course, in Atlanta Olympic Games or maybe a national championships or maybe even an NCAAs. But that 2015 pre-classic, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, if you just go down, I'm just going to quickly go through the most most of the races. All right. Yeah. So the 100 meter was won in 988 by Tyson Gay. Uh, 988. That's that's like a a B race for this caliber, right? So sure. give it a three three out of five stars. The 200, obviously five stars with the 1968 by Gatlin. Karani James on sub 44 beating Lashawn Merritt, which was a hyped up matchup at the time. Runs a world lead, world lead. Check this out. The women's hundred. There were people don't know this, but there was two women's hundreds. There was the B hundred and the A hundred. But okay. the B hundred was won by English Gardner. In 1084, she basically did an out lean of Elaine Thompson. So Elaine Thompson was in the B heat with English Gardner. They both run 1084. Uh, they had neck and neck finish, but Gardner got the photo win. Yeah. And then the A race was run in 1081 with third place running 1082. So three yeah, women run 1082 or faster. Uh, Shelly and Fraser Price and Muller Arori. I don't know how to say her name. Coast, Coast yeah, um, Muriel Hora. They both run 1081. So it was like yeah. two women's 100 meters that were both decided on the photo finish. Run 1081 and 1084. Tori Bowie runs 1082 and gets third in her race. That just shows the depth of what they had. They had to have two races to run. If, imagine if uh, the other two women, if uh, what's her name, if Gardner and Thompson were in that A race, yeah. we could have had. You know, five. We would have had five women breaking 1085 in the same race, which is just crazy. Yeah, I know Gardner's run 1074 at, at, at Hayward Field. I want to look to see what year that was, if that and if that was at USA's or at uh, the Pre Classic, because she's run. Yeah, she ran that at the, at the trials in twenty in 2016. So she's she's run a pretty stinking good mark. She likes Hayward Field as a former duck. Other other events of, or other. Uh, Results of note: Jenny Simpson won the the women's fifteen hundred that year in four flat. You also had, I believe, at the time, a junior 
uh, U.S. Junior record from Alexa Ephraimson at 4.03. She was, I don't know, 18, 19 at that point and had turned pro, I think, earlier that year. So that was a big deal for her. So a lot of like smaller performances that held a lot of weight at at the time. Um, it was a re really good track meet. It just pre is always that way. There was also really good men's steeple. The men's 400 was good. Uh, you still had, you know, you had Kim Boy running fast in the steeple. That was the year of Jairus Biresh. And uh, Evan Jager running 805. That was a big deal that early in the, in the season. And he would go on later that summer. And you were there in Paris to run that famous eight flat and break the American record while still, you know, or all stumbling over that final barrier. So 2015 was kind of a wild year. And pre set the stage for some of it, the some of the later uh, manifestations of the season. Yeah, interestingly, um, one race that I thought was kind of this was when I thought uh, that it was over for Lopez Lamont. It's kind of crazy to think about it. Lopez okay. Lamont runs; he's in the the B Heat Mile. He gets tenth in the B Heat Mile, running three fifty three fifty nine. He gets tenth. He loses yeah. to someone. He loses to like Pat Casey, Garrett Heath, Ryan Gregson, a bunch of guys. Uh, but like. This was when I was looking at uh, Lamont's career, and I was like, "Hey, man, all right, he's just kind of like it's, he's at the end of his career, right?" This was nineteen eighty. Yeah. He's born in eighty five, so this he was, I guess, thirty at the time, right? Yeah. And I was just kind of thinking, "Man, you're on the wrong you're, you're starting to get on the wrong side of thirty. Uh, I don't know if Lopez is ever going to be the Lopez that we knew from like the mid, you yeah. know, the late two thousand two thousand tens." Uh, early I'm glad, 2010s. I'm glad you kept that thought to yourself and didn't tweet that out because that would have been uh, yeah that would have been a uh, pretty tough one to live down on but, on track Twitter. But, but pretty the, ruthless. But at the, time, at the time, Lopez was not like he was just like falling off, right? He, I mean, he oh, was. Course. I mean, he ran three. His PRs that year was 359. He didn't even run in 26. I mean, three 2016. He wasn't running well. It was just like, man, what's gonna happen? But then. You know, 2018 happens, and then 2019 yeah. happens, and now he's the favorite to potentially. Uh, he's a favorite to win, if not get second in the U.S., but he's also a medal contender in a 10K, which is crazy. Who would have thought that yeah. a guy ran 359 in 2015, and then in 2021, six years later, when he's like 36, he could potentially get a medal, which is just wild. Yeah good second act or even a third act on his career uh yeah another one of the b mile on the men's side timothy chariot young timothy chariot probably 19 or 20 at this one third behind ben blankenship and jonathan kiplimo i don't think we knew in four five years time that he was going to become the world's greatest miler at that point we're getting third in the international mile but he was awfully young at that point uh so Keep an eye on even those people that are floundering in the international mile at the pre-classic in a few years' time can either be on a, the comeback trail or can be the world's greatest miler. You just really never know. So 2015, a pretty good year for the pre-classic. Should we move on to another meet? Do you want to offer up your suggestion in, in, this, uh, in this case to determine the best one-day, single-day track meet in U.S. history? Yeah, so my suggestion is the only suggestion because I'm going to be very confident around my <laughs> – my uh my, my uh going meet, to indoors like, though now that is that is a bold pick because i think a lot of people would take issue with the best meet in indoor his or excuse me in u.s history 
being indoors. But go ahead. But it it kind of might have been. I'm not sure. You were you there? No. Did, were you at this meet? You were not no. at this meet. Oh, you had a bit. No. So this was 2018 NCAA Indoor Championships in Texas A&M. Yes. All right. Just hear me out. Look at all these championship records that happened at the time, and they they hold up as like all time record, all time like performances, like top three all time. Elijah yeah. Hall pulls off the double. He runs 20.02 in the 200, which is a championship record. 20.02. He, he, he smokes Divine Oduru. Uh, okay. So that's when Hall had a crazy double. Michael Norman runs the NCAA record in the indoor 400. Michael Norman runs 44.52. Uh, another guy, though, also runs sub 45, but he breaks the collegiate record in the open 400, and then he goes on to break the, to run the 4x4 in three flat 77, which we all remember was crazy with you know, like them going up against Florida and Texas A&M. So yeah. Elijah Hall, Michael Norman, Michael Cerrone runs sneakily 145.15, which in a championship yeah. race indoor, that's really fast. Beats yeah. He beats Isaiah Harris. Uh, I could keep going. I mean, this is the year uh, Josh Kerr won. Um, so nothing really interesting. Not the, the distance events were kind of chalk. I mean, there was a couple upsets, but they weren't all-time great distance races. Grant Holloway okay. runs the second fastest time all time at the time. He goes on to then in 2019 run like 0.1 seconds faster, but at the time he was still running well. Uh, there was Aaliyah Hobbs runs 707. Gabby Thomas runs 22.38, which was a record. Kendall Ellis runs 50.34, beating at the time who just broke the junior record, which was Sydney McLaughlin. The pole vault collegiate rec uh, collegiate uh, championship best went down. Uh, in uh, Katora Orgy's triple jump uh, was the collegiate uh, championship record at the time. It was just a lot. There was one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine championship records all on the same day, which I think is you gotta that 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 means something, in my opinion. Yeah, a great indoor meet, probably the greatest in NCAA indoor. Uh, championships in history. I don't think that's any doubt. But here's my counter. No. Uh, my counter being no, because 400-meter indoor record, so insignificant. 44.52, we go outdoors, the record is 43.03. The difference is just huge. People aren't used to paying attention to track in March. I know indoors, it was great. These are some legends. Like, Norman is obviously going to be a superstar, and that four by four with Ry Benjamin, incredible, should have been a world record, basically is a world record. Kendall Ellis, a collegiate record, tons of records. But those times, when you compare them to outdoor times, when you compare them to what the professionals are doing at the pre-classic USA's Olympic trials or the Olympic Games themselves, you can't shake a stick at them. They're just not going to be memorable. And you got some recency bias there and some NCAA bias. I think you could go to the outdoor NCAA championships that year, the final day of the men's competition where Rye Benjamin smashes the 400-meter hurdles collegiate record and Michael Norman beats the 400 collegiate record. And I'm pretty sure we had a great 4 by 4 I can't remember exactly what went down that one, but you know between Texas A&M and, and USC, I'm sure it was a great 4 by 4 I would almost counter with that in the final days of the old-school Hayward Field that that 2018 outdoor championships, just that last day of the men's competition was better. The women's competition, unfortunately, was slowed by torrential rain and, and just poor weather overall. But there was also a good women's 4x4 to decide the championships. 
I would put that, that, that last day of the men's competition outdoors in Eugene in 2018 as, as my, my pick over this indoor championships, great indoors, but we can't have the best track meet on us soil ever being indoors. Yes. I think you can though, because yeah, it's perspective. It's perspective of you're not going to run 9.1968 indoors. Like that's just not possible. So we should not compare a 20.02 to a 1968. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't. But it like, also, you're so not, many, you, yeah, so what? many greats have not I'm, run indoors. So we don't have like the full scope of how fast things could be. Like if Michael Johnson had committed to indoors, if Usain Bolt had, you know, run the 200 indoor, I know it's not an international event, but I, I assume the records would be faster, not NCAA. I know that. I know these are NCAA marks, but this just, it's like not everybody had the same access to the playground here. It's, records are softer, one, because it's hard to run indoors, but also because not everybody even takes it seriously. I, I just, great meet, it's memorable, but not for the full breadth of track and field fans. In, I just in, think, in though, you're going to – I think we're okay. just going to remember remember that time when Michael Norman, Sidney McLaughlin, Grant Holloway, they were all in the same meet. Yeah. <laughs> winning race. And we had that like, outdoors. We, we had that outdoors. But, but you didn't have it in the same day because they separate the men and the women. But, like, okay. you're, you're going to – you're going to – it's going to be one – it's going to be the – in 2028, there's going to be a 10-year – Remember 10 years ago when we had the greatest NCAA meet of all time? I think that it's, okay. it's going to happen. People are going to remember. Yeah, it. I guess if you're going to be celebrating Nine with championship records, dude. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Like, normally a good a meet has like one or two, but nine? Like, that's not yeah. normal. Sure, it's a championship yeah. record for NCAA. And so, like, a pro, like, they, that can't even lick what pros do on an off day. And I get that. Right, they can jog championship records, but the odds of that all happening on the same day, I think, and plus with the superstars, especially with Sydney and Michael and and Eli Hall at the time was a superstar. You know, I just and Holloway, oh man, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I mean Holloway bro smashed his record and the American record the following year. Um, so that's not even his greatest performance. It's it's the best in NCAA indoors of all time. That's the legacy. It's not the greatest one-day U.S. track meet in history. I, I, we can differ on that. That's fine. I'm fine with it. I know that you like this meet. You were there, and I think that's what tends to, to have a little bit to sway your narrative, just a hair. But I'm fine with you nominating. It can be a nominee in the category where <laughs> the, the actor doesn't even show up because they're like, I have no shot of getting this, and uh, you know, I don't know. It, it can it can just be it can be the nominee it, it can be the best picture it can be the joker as the nominee for the best picture we all understand why it was good some flaw some flaws with the plot but you got to put it in there as a nominee and uh most well, people joker did have the best actor winner eventual the they did best they actor did, did win but, from the jokers so. yes but as far as best picture mm, you know so maybe michael norman best actor not best picture overall okay let's keep moving here Sure. Um, the 2017 pre-classic. Let me throw out some performances. You, you broke up here. there. What year is it? What year? Twenty. Yeah. Sorry. 2017 pre-Fontaine classic. Okay. Did you get me? Did you get? Did I come across there? Yeah, I heard it that time. 
Okay, good. People, people just want to keep me down. We had Christian Taylor jumping 18-11, which at the time was, excuse me, no, not at the time. That was his second best jump of all time uh, compared to his 18-21 in Beijing in 2015. At the time, though, it was the best jump in uh, on U. Thirteen, fourteen in Long Beach, small meet. Um, so that has since been beaten. But we go to the rest. Tori Bowie in in 2017, she runs 21.77 in the 200. That kind of sets up her summer later later that year in London, where she wins the 100 meters. We also had a sub nine in the women's steeplechase. Let me make sure. I feel like that was the that's the lone. No, well, I guess we had uh, we had Beatrice Chipkowicz later in 2019 running sub nine, but at that point in 2017, that was the first sub nine steeple women's steeplechase. Selfine Chesspole 858. We ha- we had Maria Lassaskine jumping 203 in the uh, in the high jump. Let me go back and see some other results. Maybe this one doesn't quite stack up to twenty to uh, to twenty fifteen, but I, I want to look and see what else what else we had here because I feel like this was a pretty good meet. We had Debaba running fourteen twenty five in the five thousand, uh, not quite as good obviously as what she did in twenty twenty fifteen. Mofara winning the the uh, the five k. You know what? This one probably shouldn't have been a nominee. I'm just going to edit it out of myself here. It's a good good year for a couple people, but it doesn't have the full scope of it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll unnominate this one. This one this one I thought on first glance should have been a nominee. Not anymore though. Not anymore. I mean, I'm looking at some of the results. Uh, you have eventual world record holder Dalila Muhammad getting fifth in the 400 meter hurdles, which is kind of funny. Uh, once that again, the the international mile a great place where the people who don't run well are eventually going to be good you look at this uh lopez lemong once again gets eighth in this mile runs 355 so he's a little better but he's still a little better getting smoked he's losing to eventual retiree andrew weeding uh uh getting 11th in the international mile jacob ingebertson so like mm. uh it's kind of i think we need to do a whole series on the b mile race at prefontaine wow and look at People who don't run well at it eventually go on years later to have incredible careers. I mean, this is what, 2017 for pre. So Jacob, so Jacob had his big breakout in 2018 when he was running at Euros and all that yeah. stuff. So he goes from eleventh at the pre B mile to now being a perennial like top three potential guy at the world level, which is crazy. So I I nominated 2017 and it ended up being a kind of a flop let me renominate and let's go to the 2019 pre-classic just this last summer they had to move it Man, to palo alto it's a, re- it's a lot of recency bias going on right here okay it is but 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 riddle me this we had christian coleman running 981 in the hundred that's pretty good we had caster semenya coming back getting being granted by the meat director to come in she wins the, the 800, 
That's her last track meet of the season. She almost wins by three seconds. It kind of highlights the absurdity of it all, of her not being able to compete. That's just my, that's just one man's opinion. Faith Kipyegon, 359.04. We had four women breaking uh, four minutes in that one. Of course, it was one of the Safan Hassan moments. She runs 818, one of the best times uh, in world history in the 3000. I think it was the fastest outside of those sketchy Chinese times from the early 90s. You also had that Josh Cheptegei, Paul Chalimo battle, 807 to 807 in the men's two-mile. Rye Benjamin running 47-16. Chip Kowich running 855, which I mentioned, fastest ever on U.S. soil in the women's steeplechase. A crazy men's shot put, 22-61 by basically an unheard-of guy in Darlin Romani. Uh, that was a good mark. And Mondo winning the pole vault, fresh out of college. Lasha Skinny jumps 204. I mean, that's a pretty good meet. Maybe it doesn't quite live up to 2015 pre because the sprint times weren't like over the top. But the distance things added in, that was a pretty good meet last year at, at in Palo Alto. Yeah, I think we're just, we're just recency biased. Don't hit I mean, me with the recency pre, pre bias. We're going to have. We're going to have one coming down the pipe that's older, and, and I, yeah, I think I just, it's – that's a pretty good meet. Basically, you've, you've nominated the 2015 pre-classic, the 2017 pre-classic, and the 2019 pre-classic. You just love well, odd-year pre-classics in the past 10 years. That's basically I'm what you're a big odd-year guy, okay? I'm a big odd-year. I'm all for those odd years. That's why this year has been such a downer, you know? It's not an yeah, odd-year. It's go. an even year. It's holding to form. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know – I looked at the record books for the pre-classic. That's kind of how I base this. And a lot of times, 2015, 2017. Um, but I should have been looking at 2019. You know, I'll admit it was a, you know, it was an error on my part. 2017, not as good as I thought it was. But 2019, pr pretty good. If it had, if it had the sprint times, it, we could have been talking about it. At the, uh, it could have been the G pod, the greatest pre of all time. Um, but we'll see <laughs> how the world remembers this. I think it nudges out the 2018 NCAA indoors. You maybe do not feel as strongly about it. Are you are you still holding strong to the 2018 yeah, NCAA indoors? I am, man. It, nine championship records. It's just like there's more to track than just fast times, right? There's okay. also like the championship aspect, right? And again, I get it. Like mo a lot of the indoor times would have finished – third or 10th in some of these pre-results, but the names hold up and the times on an indoor level, when you convert it to outdoor hold up as well, in my opinion, and they're doing yeah. it at a younger age, right? They're doing it. This is a bunch of kids. You could say running elite times, right? Or like you're seeing sub 22 year olds all like running like they're 25. Right. 26. So, Whilst we are here, I wanted to to bring up some honorable mention single day track meets, and I feel like it's important that we throw in some Olympic trials because I think for a lot of track fans, the Olympic trials are maybe the best track meet uh, in the entire country. You know, definitely tr trumps out the the uh, by importance a lot more <laughs> bigger stakes than just the pre classic, of course. So. I go to an honorable mention, the 2012 Olympic trials, Ashton Eaton breaking the world record. 
that was a pretty that that day i believe that was june maybe june 23rd of 2012 there ash eaton breaking the 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 world well, record with some of on, the greats in attendance that was a great single day of track and field in the united states what's up you just like pretended to like remember the exact date of that off the top of your head like oh it's like june well, let's see if it's right june 23rd like how do you randomly pick june 23rd as knowing hold the on day let's see, that's just when... see if it's right i don't know if it's right but how did let's you even just come see. up with it that? was right uh, how did you come up with that date how did you know that i remember how did you know that i date? do i remembered it I, I it it was guess and then i got it right it was june 23rd of 2012. you legit like i can remember that it was summer of 2012 but i could not remember that it was June 23rd of 20. I don't know. How do you, I have random things that stick in my head. I can't, I, you know, the classic like male dilemma. I have like certain anniversaries and things that I have to like, make sure I, when they get close, I like reminding myself, but I can remember, you know, I can remember the day, like the Cubs won the world series, I believe on what November 2nd, November 2nd, oh, wow. 2016. And for whatever what reason, can I can you remember? um let's see this is, this is like a, a talent um i bet you i no, bet no, no, you Ashton you have to quiz me i bet you Ashton eaton doesn't remember the day oh Do you think Ashton sure does yeah yes i guarantee you no, he knows he... june 23rd 2012 is when i broke the world record in the decathlon and then bruce jenner was in attendance i believe uh Dan O'Brien. I, I mean, there were several like greats there. And it was at Hayward I Field. I mean, it's a huge deal. Go ahead. I think I think he remembers the day of the week, and he knows it was June, and he knows it was in probably in the twenties. But I don't think he remembers the exact day. Mm, no, I think he would remember the exact day. I guess would I, you remember the greatest person. athletic achievement of your life? You you would know what day it was. You remember? I don't know what day I had my PR. Day. Well, I don't. My greatest athletic achievement in my life, my personal best of whatever time I ran, I have no idea what day it was. I guess it wasn't that great then, but yeah, I don't know. All just, respect, though. I mean, that's a little different, obviously, than Ashton Eaton. But I bet you, LeBron James doesn't know what day he won his first world championship. I don't think he does. Oh, I bet he does. Well, I guarantee you. This is this. I'm gonna start asking people if they remember yeah. specific days. I think they more remember like. I mean, do you remember the day you, like, met your wife? Like the exact day. I remember the day. I I remember the day we started dating. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That's day. an anniversary though. But that. Yeah. You could. You, you're picking that day. But like, do you remember the first time you saw them well, walking it been across the street? It would have been August of 2010. So there you go. I don't know the that you know I don't know the exact day. So that's I think Ashton's gonna be like it would have been June of 2012. Maybe. <laughs> I think we need to tweet this clip at him afterwards because it's a good. Do you question. think? Okay, right, so do you think Ashton Eaton knows the exact day of all of his like PRs? Because all of his I don't PRs know about after each individual that were, like, event, impressive. but maybe he remembers the specific days of his world record in in Eugene, and then his world record in in Beijing. Like what days those were? I don't think that would be too hard to remember. We're talking June of 2012 and August of 2015, and I assume he could also remember all the days of his gold medals too. Maybe not. Maybe not.
I don't think you remember. No, gold. Okay, I don't think he can list the exact dates of every gold medal because he's had what five or six, some of that indoors and outdoors, including both. Yeah, you're right. That's a that's a big number. So maybe his world records, his world records, he could remember the exact day. I would I would bet on that. I just don't. Maybe I'm. I don't think days. I don't like. I. I'm a. I'm a huge. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Eagles fan, right? And they uh -huh. won the Super Bowl, and it's one of the greatest like fan moments of my life. I do not yeah. know what day it was. I know it was. It's a single digit in February. That's all I know. Like, but like I don't remember it being a specific. You know, I don't. It doesn't. Because yeah. I work in like seasons. You remember the year and like the time. You don't remember. I don't know. Hmm. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we should tweet this at Ashley and find out. Hey, do you know the days of every one of your ex excellent Matt, achievements? Gold, gold. Uh, it's February fourth, twenty eighteen. That was the happiest moment of your life, by the way. There um, you go. I don't Thank know you. if it's the happiest moment of your life, but you know it's up there. Um, okay, <laughs> so we move on. We're we're still talking about the honorable mentions. I think that one is an honorable mention. It uh, it it possibly does not, you know go to the level of a pure nominee, but it's an honorable mention. 2016, and I don't remember the exact day, but the 2016 trials, we have a couple things here. Sydney McLaughlin making the team as a 16-year-old. We have Bernard Lagat at four. These are separate days, separate days. So let me just highlight that, at least to my knowledge, separate days. Bernard Lagat winning the 5,000 at age 41. The people that were in the stadium that day say that Hayward Field has maybe never gotten as loud as it did that day when Le when Legat won that. So that is a that's a that's a memorable one for sure. That one's I'm looking at his stat page so I, you can't make fun of me for just uh having this on the top of my head. July 9th of 2012 awfully memorable. Let me just make sure that women's 400 hurdles wasn't that day as well, because that one would be a, a pretty spectacular nominee. If so, uh, let's see. No, that was a day later that McLaughlin made the, the 2016 team. So July 9th, but pretty good two day run there, July 9th and 10th for track and field, but we're focused on one day meets here. And I think that July 9th where Lagat makes it wins the trials at 41, that's, that would stand out. But that's not that doesn't have all the performances. That's just a one event type of a thing. Uh, do you have any trials moments before we, before I get to the the big Kahuna here, the meet that the one day meet that I think trumps them all? Do you have any trials moments, USA's moments that you think deserve to be nominated? I mean, my my most memorable trials moment is Ashton Eaton's uh, yeah. second day of his decathlon. So, uh, but I don't really have any other nominees. I know what's what's yeah. uh what's one more that oh, we do we have any I more need to, uh, big ones? I, I gotta I gotta bring it up. Of course, I I don't know how I neglected this. The 2008, the men's 800 at at the trials, where Oregon Track Club guys, Oregon guys, kind of sort of Nick Simmons, Andrew Weeding, Christian Smith go one two three in in the 800. That that's a pretty memorable single day thing. And again, I I don't know exactly what else transpired that day. But when you talk about single day on a, on a track meet, that's that one's pretty pretty memorable, of course. So that I think we covered the the recent trials, of course, the 20, 2008, 2012, and two thousand sixteen. Those are probably the big moments that stand out for a lot of people. But I got to go to the big one. We're getting into the later stages of this podcast. The nineteen ninety six 
Olympics in Atlanta, July 29th of 1996. Now, I was a month away from turning six. How old would you have been in, in July of 1996? So, born in 87, quick math. Plus, so you would have been nine or eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Nine or eight, eight or yeah. Nine, eight or nine. Okay, so no, probably eight. Eight. both of us. I was, I was eight. Um, probably. I remember watching or... it on TV, for what it's worth. And one more nominee that I forgot to mention, I'll mention quickly here. Uh, Bolt's first world record of the 2008 Adidas Grand Prix, 972. So that that one also deserves a uh, a quick shout out as an honorable mention. But let's go back to Atlanta. July 29th, here's all that went down. Michael Johnson runs an Olympic record in the 400, 43-49. Of course, that record has since fallen, thanks to a world record by uh, by Mr. Wade Van Niekirk. But back then, this was a huge deal. He's wearing the gold spikes. Uh, Marie-Jose Perec in the women's 400, she runs an Olympic record, 48-25. That's that's stinking fast back in 1996. Uh, the men's 10,000 also went down. We had Haile G versus Paul Turgot. The 10K Olympic record falls that day. I believe it was like, no, don't let me, I got to go back. It was, it was 27.0 something here. So it would, it would have been Atlanta. One sec. It would have been 27. 07 to 2708. So I think at the time that was the Olympic record. And for good measure, we also had Alan Johnson winning the high hurdles on the men's side, 1295. So Michael Johnson, Haile Geber Selassie, a 48-25 women's uh 400. And then you had Alan Johnson who's the GOAT high hurdler according to my own ultimate rankings. Alan Johnson Read your history on the 100, 110 meter hurdles. That man was a was a superstar. I, I think this day takes it when you have MJ, not not Michael Jordan, but Michael Johnson, a forty eight twenty five. You also had Kathy Freeman in that women's four hundred running forty eight six, a fantastic men's ten thousand, and then an American winning the high hurdles. I think this day takes the cake. You you, you got to convince me otherwise. Well. it's I, it is a good day, um, and it's hard to have a good day. Be, it's hard to have one that there's not many single day champion. There's not many single day Olympic moments on U.S. soil, right? Because the Olympics haven't been on the U.S. soil that many times. Let alone, yeah. Olympics are what nine days long for the track, or nine or ten days long. So yeah, the odds yeah, yeah. of having like multiple finals all click on the same day. Is hard to do, right? So in this yeah. case, you had the hurdles, the 10K, and two 400s. It's four events. So for four events to kind of go four for four there, um, that alone is hard to do. So And to do it on the U.S. soil. So yeah, I, I believe I'm willing to secede the Olympics over my NCAA indoor championships. But uh, oh, yeah, wow, 90, good. <laughs> 96 Atlanta. There you go. You can have it. I mean, I think most people would have been like, duh, when you look at this. But you're right. With the Olympics as stretched out as they are, 
so many different things are going to happen on so many different days. But this one with a fantastic 10,000 meters, a fantastic women's 400, and obviously Michael Johnson uh, in the 400. He had he had fallen flat in 1992 in Barcelona. I don't even think he ran the 400 in Barcelona, maybe just the 200, and he didn't make the final. So to come back on U.S. soil and to have this career-defining performance wearing those gold spikes and, and everything was a huge deal. But sneaky, like I said, that women's four and that men's 10,000 was pretty darn good if you're into that sort of thing. And Alan Johnson, again, the greatest high hurdler of all time, unquestioned, because guess what? He's on top of my ultimate rankings high hurdlers. You, 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 you want to... Question. You want to... You wanna... Pitch your you want to promote your ultimate rankings again on this pod? My this ultimate what, rankings, number three? yeah, number yeah. Four, no, I updated them on April seventh. Alan Johnson up by eleven points over Sally Pearson, up by thirteen points over Gail Devers, up by fourteen over Lu Zhang. I mean, this is there's no question. Alan Johnson's the Where's, goat, and he ran twelve twelve ninety five. What's up? Is Grant Holloway in the top twenty five yet? Uh, he is not, oh no, he might be in the top 25. I only do it to top 20. I think he is in the top, uh, 25 though. As far as Americans go, uh, obviously we have Johnson one, Devers three, Brianna McNeil is seven, uh, Aries Merritt is nine, Greg Foster 12, Roger Kingdom 12, David Oliver 15, Don Harper Nelson 16, Terrence Trammell 16, and Kenny Harrison and Niali tied for 19. So a lot of American representation. Grant Holloway hasn't obviously had that full career. Uh, but when you talk about greats, you got arguably the greatest high hurdler of all time running on the same day as arguably the greatest 400-meter runner of all time. Now, I know, obviously, Wade Van Eekerk has broken it. And then you have arguably the greatest 10,000-meter runner of all time, although Bekele is probably trumped at this point, uh, Haile G. Those are a lot of greats running some of their career best moments on the same day. I think Atlanta 96 has to take it. Yeah, what was it? July 29th? July 29th of 96. I'm going uh, you know, to Google on this day in history. Uh, see if anything what, what else happened, happened on July. Yeah, let's see what... what Did Mark um, McGuire have like a three-homer day as well? Yeah, I'm trying, trying to look. Uh, there's some... Uh, obviously, there's a lot of political things that always happen. I want like something interesting that happened. Okay. All right. Oh, I, I should have been looking at this up. Oh, this is famous birth. Birth. Let's see if the same one's born on this day. Uh, it's like Justin Bieber born on this day too, or something. Maybe that would be good. Yeah. Oh, Wiki's really bad with on this day stuff. They do too much like no one cares stuff. July 29th birthdays. Who do you think was born on July 29th? That is nice. famous. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I would have no idea. I don't know. Dude, here we go. Dak Prescott, July 29th. Of 1996 or? No, no. He's 20. No, no. He's 26. Wait. Oh, no, he? that's not right. No, no. Yeah. So he would have been, he would have been born in uh, 93. Um, Ooh, three years earlier. Okay. Any can other you give me a good born on? birthday of July 29th of 1996. Now we're talking more relevant here. July 29th, 1996. Because this is the greatest day of track and field in U on U.S. soil in history. So, uh, 
I don't know, man. I can't find any. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on the next pod. Of Please do. Please do. I'm going to need this information. This is important. But it was a Monday. Oh, Monday. Nice. Starting the week oh, here off we strong. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Take This is what happened. So the number one hit song was The Macarena. Oh, hell yeah. And in the, in the UK, it was Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Mm. Okay. This is all coming back to me now. Yeah. That's about it. That's all I got for you. Okay. Okay. There, that fell a little flat, but... Yeah, I mean, with the movies, the movie that was released was Falling Up. I never heard of that movie. No, Falling Up. me neither. Turns out it fell down. Oh, that's a book. No, up. Falling Up was a book. Oh. The, mo- the movie oh, by, was... Was that Shel Silverstein, probably? Silverstein? Yeah. Yeah, man. Come on. Okay. Now now it's coming together. Okay, a, all right. Okay. 96, then, a good right. year. A good year. And 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 in ju- late July of that year, a great single-day Olympic Games, the last to be held in the uh, in the U.S. We'll have to wait till 2028 to have uh, more great moments for the Olympics. I think that wraps it up. I think we've settled on it. Uh, Gordon wants to choose an NCAA indoor meet, and I'll go with the Olympic Games. You guys write in. Get, send us emails. Let us know what's the greatest one-day track meet on U.S. soil that you've ever seen, and we'll read it later on the show. All right. We yeah, are out. We're today. signing off. You guys have a good one.